Welcome to Crossing Phase. My name is Matt Hawkins with my friend John Pinna. We are a Christian and a Muslim who talk religion and politics. It's treacherous waters frequently, uh, but we do it nonetheless. And uh, our, our purpose here is to try to model um, civil conversation between two people who believe very different things about uh, eternal things. Um, and uh, sometimes we even disagree about temporal things like politics. Uh, and uh, the manifestation of religion, um, uh, artifacts certainly course. artifacts. Yeah. Certainly, we certainly disagree, disagree on artifacts. That's not. I love artifacts. I think they're the greatest. I think they're so. I think it's so <laughs> fun. So, John, John, right. John, always... John is is frequently frequently uh, fascinated by by artifacts, religious artifacts, um, and that kind of thing. And I'm I'm less so. I don't know. You, anyway. you do have a lot to say about it. You do have a you do have a lot to say. You do, have, but it's okay. So so you're... so I, I a couple of weeks ago I published a, an article at a place called the Gospel Coalition called "Why We Need the Church to Disciple Our Politics," which uh, is pressing up against the stream of how we most often talk about religion and politics. And it's an article mostly for Christians, or at least speaking within the Christian bubble. But you you. Kat, you saw some headlines this week and some articles that uh, you think my my article re- resonates with. So, well, not uh, what, a, what, I, I what's think, captured your attention in the religion news space? Well, I, I think I think I sent you an email. It says not, you're you're current, you're relevant, and we need to talk about it now. You know, it was, it was like it was, it was, it was, I don't know how much I released that that statement, but I was like, I was like, we need to. So, it, I mean, we just we got two great articles here. So one is uh, about the the, 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 the Iraqi cardinal talking about religion and state it needs to be yeah. separate um, and one month after the papal visit. And we can kind of get into the conversation there. I mean, is this guy just doles out the best quotes about religious freedom that I've ever heard from anybody, period. He's just, he just, and he's just rolling out these great, great statements. So we'll get into that. And that's ties to your article, but sweet fancy Moses. <laughs> this like this, like, and I know understand this is way leftist, but what course what what's worse than politics without religion? You know, question mark, politicized religion. And this picture on this article from the intelligencer, which I don't know if that's how, you know, how real that entity is but it's a great article by this guy who with starts off with this picture that summarizes everything to me because i we were chatting back and forth on this and i go what it's it's like it's it's the it's about the the, the uh the rally that occurred right the these this you know the insurrection or whatever you want to call it. and uh but the picture is just great. It's like a bunch of dudes. And you even told me this. I go, what's going on in this picture? You got a bunch of dudes with Trump flags, American flags. And then yeah. they got this wooden cross that's weathered. Uh, and, and I was like, what's this guy doing with this cross? It's like he's, it's like he's really upset about it. And then you said, you said they're all praying. They're all laying hands on each other and praying. Yeah. And, they're, and then, of course, in typical Johnny P fashion, there's a, there's a caption on the bottom. So part of me feels like you just read the caption and it says, um, who are these people really worshiping on January 6th? So they were, they were worshiping. So, but the thing is, is like, is I'm going to, this statement that, that just grabbed me. And I, I just said to myself, Oh my God, 
this is this is Matthew's article, and it seems like I'm I'm glad handing you a little bit, but the 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 the, the and I'm not pandering, but this is so relevant. The fusion of evangelical Christianity with the Republican Party blasphemy climax, blasphemy climax in the Trump cult, among yep. the Trump banners and Confederate flags in the in the crowd that invaded the Capitol on January 6th was a flurry of wooden crosses of it. <laughs> and it says, and, and, in the, in, and in wokenness, the younger generation are quite, quite obviously replicating previous religious movements in America. Look at the zeal in their eyes and the relentless search for heresy and the, the, uh, uh, the, the ostracation of, of sinners and the mass confessions of inequity. It's, and the need to do good work every day. It's just a wonderful, wonderful phrase, a statement, series of, of, of sentences that summarizes, I would think, the impetus of why you wrote this article. And I'm going to ask the question right now first with you is to, you got to, you got to define disciple in your, in your tribe. Cause we don't, no one knows what that word means when you say we need the right. church to disciple our politics. So, right. I, and so why is the, is that word relevant when it comes to this obvious this statement that says, Oh God, things have gone so far off the tracks, which you and I talk about a little bit, but a lot actually, but, um, and the focus is, is, is been on this since, since the insurrection. But in particular, this statement, this series of, of sentences as it relates to your article and with a stepping off point of discipling, because clearly these guys are, this picture is idol worship, clearly, right? I mean, these guys are... Well, I think a, a lot of the uh, a lot of what we saw on January 6th was some form of yeah, a political idolatry. Uh, a lot of people were just misled and, and fooled um, by people who were lying to them. Uh, but certainly you, you had a very clear mashup of, um, of religion and politics, right? Um, and which which was unavoidable, uh, like like the photo in, in that article represents, and uh, plenty of other art, uh, pictures that and, and video that we saw from that day. The banner with Jesus's name on it. You know, people were praying and singing Christian songs, and then uh, the whole the whole thing uh, culminated in a siege of the Capitol. Right. Um, so the article that you were picking up, it's on the New York Magazine website um, and written by a guy named Ed Kilgore, uh, who is a Democrat strategist and uh, he's a former senior fellow at a place called Progressive Policy Institute. So his his lingo, right, his rhetoric is going to be a little more fiery, yeah, a uh, little more, a little more uh, throw, throw a few more elbow, th through elbows um, m more so than I might. Well, he's an instigator. Uh, but, Let's just be honest, he's an instigator. So. And this, yeah, but and people are meant, talking about this, right? Yeah, but yeah. that statement is really good for, I think, but the, the, the word disciple, when you guys say that, what, what, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good good point to clarify, because even within within Christian circles, it's, it's particularly evangelical life in America, uh, it's a very common word. And so it's a we're using it as a verb, which I actually don't think it's used like quite as a verb in Scripture, but we use it like a verb. Uh, clearly, a person who follows as a noun, a person right. who follows somebody, follows a teacher. In this case, Jesus Christ, uh, we call a disciple. Right? Jesus had 
the the core 12 disciples and then many many more and uh, and of course paul who wasn't a disciple paul, which we're paul not going to get into right but <laughs> paul was paul paul uh paul had his own disciples um after persecuting disciples and uh so uh, disciple a, a disciple is just someone who is learning right who is sitting under, under the tutelage of a of a teacher uh who is learning and uh in christian circles we call something it's called we we call something called discipleship and discipleship mm-hmm. happens uh, in a, in both formal and informal ways, right? So Sunday school class or Bible study, those are uh, forms of discipleship. The point is that we're helping each other mature as believers, right? Um, right. That's, and so as we grow uh, older, we, Lord willing, also grow in the faith and grow in our maturity um, and, uh, and, and closeness towards Christ. So that's what we mean by discipleship. And uh, the reason I use that word is... In, in a title related to politics in particular was the fact is the fact that often when we talk about church and politics um, we have two two basic models um, we have the partisan model uh, some of which you might call political idolatry right that a church is all in for one political party and you kind of it has a reputation of being associated with a temporal political party that we have problems with the problem is uh, the rest of a lot of churches, the rest of us, I would say the most, most churches reject that model rightly, but then we, we adopt a silent model. And so we just don't talk about politics, right? <laughs> and so we're to be quiet about it, right? Um, and only talk about it when absolutely necessary. And uh, the problem with that, uh, or what I say is sometimes what the, the excuse given is that uh, Christians want to seek and be unified they they seek to be unified um, in the gospel, basically Christian doctrine and fellowship, and they want to focus on what they call, say, discipleship and evangelism. Of course, evangelism is sharing our faith, right? Um, and uh, the thing I do with you every week, right? <laughs> I try to evangelize John, <laughs> much to his chagrin. But he doesn't um, know what what Matthew doesn't know is I'm trying. I'm doing the same thing. Well, I, I you know I always say we don't. I try to convert, but we have the same thing in Islam. It's, it's, uh, tariqa is, means the path, right? Yeah. And so, um, and the, and it's probably the closest you could come to disciple, um, in, in the sense that you mean it. It's, uh, located in Surah 29, 69. And, and, and the idea is, it's, it's, I think the translation would be of the way or the path of the ways. And, the idea, and I, I would, I think that you know, you guys have some, like I said, the discipleship in Christianity. I'm trying to think of what it would be in. It'd be like when you know, when Jesus, when Hasidisa says, "I am the way," that would be an equivalent definition to to Tarika. That would be the, you know, that would be that would be the way uh, we would. I think we would look at it. Although, who knows? what the constituency that's listening to this would say, but that, I think that's what, how we would, um, how we would interpret it, the word discipleship in Islam. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want to, if you want to say it in a, in a, in a more simplistic manner, over, oversimplified manner, it's like discipleship is helping each other become a better Christian. Right. Right. The uh, way like, the path, like, like the yeah. way you and other Muslims would try to help each other be better Muslims. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I use that word intentionally uh, because often 
we Christians want to uh, not talk about politics for the sake of discipleship, right? So they don't want political things to get in the way of the potential for discipleship. Uh, like I said, discipleship can be either formal or informal. Informal, you know, might be uh, two Christian men meeting regularly for breakfast or coffee or something um, and discussing the faith and uh, and reading through the Bible together. Um, and uh, it happens, you know, among women too. Um, and so I kind of intentionally pressed against that because the problem is, um, is while I agree there's a problem with uh, what we see in what I call the partisan church or the uh, political idolatry stuff, I think uh, the way we get to something like January 6th uh, and the picture here and the critique from Ed Kilgore, the, the reason that comes about is because we're not talking about politics from a uniquely Christian perspective um, that's different uh, than, say, um, coming up with it. We have an A to Z list, right, of Christian ethical positions on different issues. We talk about some some of them here sometimes, abortion, immigration, um, bioethics, euthanasia. Um, those are, when we talk about those kinds of issues, people think we're talking about politics, which we are. But my point is that we don't have a uniquely Christian way of doing, like advancing uh, politics uh, in a way that's uniquely Christian. And so therefore that makes us vulnerable to partisan actors who want to recruit us either as individuals or as religious institutions to their cause when they bear no responsibility uh, for the care and the reputation of, in our case, the Christian church. Um, and so the local church, um, in, in our understanding, has a, a different set of responsibilities and a different set of obligations and a particular reputation, um, I would call it a witness, to protect and, and advance and showcase to the world that political parties, even at their best, even where they're most aligned with our Christian ethics positions from A to Z, uh, they bear no responsibility. They bear no weight of Jesus's kingdom uh, in a way that the local church does. And so my challenge to the local church is that we, we need to figure out a way to talk about politics in a way that's more fruitful, that isn't partisanized, and that also is not silenced. That's my shtick. So it's easy for someone to just kind of co-opt the, uh, the the Christian constituency if they're speaking the words and 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 anchoring on some of the issues that are important to the Christian church, Christian community, right? Just like it happens right. in Islam, it happens in all yeah. Islam. Sure. And then before you know it, everybody's supporting them on either like we were talking about single issue voters, you know that type of thing, um, or or you have somebody that has the rhetoric. Uh, I mean, since. Since Trump lost the election, we have we had a tremendous amount of, of quiet, right? Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the pulling of the Twitter accounts and all this other stuff. Sure. But, you know, one, my friend was, we were sitting having breakfast yesterday and he's like, he's like, he's a Lutheran, uh, like, a, you know, like a super Lutheran. And he basically said to me, listen, you know, you want to know what, what what killed it for for the pandemic is that after Trump lost the election, he basically just shut down. And so the rollout of the vaccine was hindered by that. And his whole case was if he was worth his salt as a Christian, he would have persevered to protect not only his constituency, but protect the people, the, 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 the you know, the American people by rolling out the vaccine as fast as possible 
to to the people. And that was like one of the one of the major pr- talking points, breaking points between him and how Trump wasn't wasn't stewarding the, the, the people in a in a Christian manner, you know, post election. And that shows the salt he was made out of. And so and it speaks to your point about how, well, wait, maybe, you know, you have somebody who can co-opt the agenda by speaking the words and saying the sayings. But then if you don't have something that is coherent and a coherent agenda that you can that you can activate and pressure maybe or influence politicians to disciple the, your, your and steward the the uh, the uh, the agenda appropriately. This is the type of stuff that happens, which is what he was kind of saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, similar. And to, to clarify, look, we're as Christians in the public square, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to partner with uh, people who share similar policy goals as us. That's that uh, on the face of it, it's not a problem, right? Um, my my conviction is that all of our tips and tricks for how to engage the public space as Christians is heavily individualistic, right? So we, we, we you know, go participate to vote, run for office, all that kind of stuff, which is great. Um, and we have lots of issue positions over which we um, either agree or disagree. Uh, but we don't have, what we don't have is a uniquely Christian way for the local church to engage any of it. And so you have a situation where when a local church, say a pastor, uh, thinks that, say, one of their church members is um, not acting Christianly in the political space or on a political issue or has a position that is contrary to the conviction of the pastor um, and the church, uh, the mere sense of the pastor asking the question, right, or even challenging um, a church member on such a thing is is you know tantamount to picking a fight and splitting a church, right? Um, and so it speaks not only to our lack of uh, political um, a coherent political witness from the local church. It speaks to the fact that we've put ourselves in a place of authority over the local church or over our local pastors, so that uh, we say no, no. This is what I get to uh, a little bit in our article. Uh, when the word political comes up, we use it in three different ways. Uh, number one, we say uh, Christians deploy the words politics or political uh, with three main meanings. First, we deploy it uh, imprecisely uh, to mean partisan, right? And so um, when we say someone is being political, sometimes what we mean is that somebody's acting in a partisan manner, right? They're advancing, say, the Republican or Democrat ball in a way that's uh, – is more obligated to the political party than it is to say the church or a policy issue. Right. And so, um, uh, examples of this would be, you know, a church, um, has the legal ability. The, the pastor has every political right or every legal right to speak to quote political issues. So policy issues that are in the public space, abortion, and immigration are good examples. Um, now, if a pastor endorses a political candidate, right, in, a, in an active election, um, that, technically speaking, is illegal uh, under federal law, although often unenforced or mostly unenforced. Um, but that one is being partisan, right, the endorsement of the candidate. The other is being political, 
um, because it's speaking to a policy issue. Um, one, I believe, you know, the endorsing of a candidate is inappropriate and, and typically unhelpful for a pastor uh, or any religious leader to do because it's playing by the rules of the political party, not the rules of the house of worship. Um, but speaking to a policy issue and educating your people on a Christian view of things from the pulpit even um, is it's political right? But it's not partisan, right? And so we want to make a distinction between political and partisan. Um, the second way we typically use the word political is to silence debate, right? So this happens in church small groups. I've seen it. It happens on social media, particularly Facebook. Uh, it happens in the church hallway, right? Um, when uh, we say, a, we, we use the accusation and the label political when somebody has taken a position on an issue that we disagree with, and so labeling it political is actually a is actually a, a backdoor way to cancel the discussion, right? Because uh, it's ruled that we can't talk about such a thing because it's, quote, political, right? Uh, which is really, uh, I think, most often inappropriate for a Christian because we believe that um, God is the creator of everything and uh, Christ cares about everything in life and that the Bible is sufficient for all of life, right? And so when we say, when we deny uh, the conversation, uh, when we deny the opportunity to have a conversation among Christians uh, in the local church, then we're both denying that God cares about everything and we're denying that scripture is sufficient. Um, for to guide us on everything. Now, there are ways, there are good or better ways, there are more Christian ways to discuss such things, but to just censor um, uh, certain things by labeling an issue political is something to keep an eye out for. Um, and then the broader way that I think you and I te tend to use the terms political and, and politics is, um, is uh, in the broadest sense, kind of the, uh, the Aristotelian sense. Uh, it's about the public space. It's about uh, people um, living in the public square, um, individuals and institutions, and we all got to get along, right? And figuring out how to do that, both in the context of civil society, um, institutions like churches and um, like rotary clubs and schools, um, and with, you know, in relation to the government, both as individuals and institutions. It's a, the big ball of wax of, called, called politics and political, uh, I think is a more accurate way to uh, describe such things. And so when we want to label something partisan, right? Um, we, we ought to use the word partisan for precision. Um, and then when we talk about politics, understand that often we're talking about um, electoral politics and campaigning and that kind of thing. But that's just a slice of our political life. Um, do you find that? Do you find that to be uh, similar in Muslim circles? Do you have that kind of squishy, imprecise use of words political and politics? Well, it's difficult because what you know, one of my passions, what I've been trying to do is take backwards, right? So I, you know, if I, I can't say, oh, you know, he's my Muslim brother or, you know, or I can't say that because Muslim brother, the Muslim brotherhood has taken those words, right? When it comes to political Islam, it generally means a radical anti-colonial movement. That's, that's, that's literally, that's, that's, that's geared towards anti-Western anti-Western thought. So if you start linking political and Islam together, and right. if, if I say that political Islam right away, you right. think, oh my gosh. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so you, all right. So, you know, like, like right now there's the, the FBI who's watching this right now. They're going, oh, God, here goes John again. So let's, 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 let's start yeah, the pile a, up. So yeah, um, it's already loaded, right? It's already out, loaded. out the gate. It's already at the gate. It's like the word jihad, right? So the word jihad, mm -hmm. 
is supposed to mean struggle, right? Struggle. So there's, and then there's, there's, there's all these different nuances. And I always say jihad al-jung, right? Which is jihad of the tongue of someone's lying. You're obligated to step in, right? And it's like when we were talking about tariqa earlier, discipleship. It, in, if the, the Quran is a living word of, of Allah, right? Living word of God, right? So here we are. And you're, you're, you're thinking about this, this term of discipleship. It's not, it, you are meant to then continue on the path, live it but also be executing it in your daily life, which is why you can't be indifferent if you're Muslim. You have to act on, uh, for, for on, the, on the side of justice and, and, and for the forces of good. So anybody who's in, we're talking about political Islam, it's a, this co-opted political agenda, anti-colonial movement, right? That had, that's, that's co-opted with the, the, the religion in order to do something much like what happened uh, in in Washington during the insurrection? So here we have this 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 Trump cult, right? And and you have Baghdadi, which is political Islam, right? The ISIS ISIS imam, right? Um, or the guy who claimed to be a imam who was leading ISIS. I think that all these guys should be stripped of their titles of imam. Uh, and so I think that we have um, in in Islam very a very strong sort of uh, 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 coherence to what you're saying when it comes to the word political, although it means something, it means something else. When you say political, people don't use it to cancel. Like you're talking about the conversation right away. People have an aversion to it and everybody goes the other way. Right. Um, And then you have strong groups that are involved in political Islam, like the Muslim brotherhood, uh, like, you know, ISIS and, and, and Daesh and, and Al-Qaeda and all these people who have a very, very strong narrative around the word political that immediately no one wants to be associated with. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for, and, and that's, that's one, unless you're, unless you are part of those groups. So, which is what we've, I've struggled with for 20 years, you know, in the last certainly 15 years of my career with this song. So, um, so it's, there's different qualifiers with the word political, yeah, but right. the intent is actually the same um, ex- as the explicit events that culminated in the storming of the Capitol within Islam. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So if you were trying to make my point here uh, within saying that, say, American Muslims needed to figure out a way to talk about politics, the public square in the way, in the way that I defined it, like what, how would you talk about that? Well, I think that we're we're very it's very different than twenty years ago. So for fifty years, the the conversation, the political influence in Washington and globally has been with a very, very small group of entities who were political Islam, who are political Islam. Okay. Right. And the alternate voice was a single entity for the first from 2000, let's just say, all the way through to 2010, was a single voice. Yeah. And so the American Islamic Congress was the alternative voice for for Islam advocacy. I'll give you, and, and you know, we had multi faith staff. We had all this. We we had programs that advocated. We're the first to advocate for religious freedom. First Muslim organization to, act, to advocate for religious freedom. That was that was the one the one of the things that I spearheaded. There's a. And so that and that's one. And everybody told me I was crazy. Even all the groups that were funded by 
the Muslim Brotherhood and all these different entities were who had a 50 year head start and all the funding in the world told me I was crazy. And, and, you know, they advocate for religious freedom, but let's define it in a, in a very narrow context. Um, now though, there is, there is such diversity in the American Muslim constituency and the organizations that represent the political agenda. So like there's Muslim, Muslims for progressive values. So they do like green technology is one of their deals. You know, they're yeah. on like a hundred campuses all over the United States. They've got a huge, huge constituency. They're basically pr- progressive Muslims, right? Um, yeah. th- there's, there's, there's uh, a, a number of, of different other organizations that are out there that are, um, that are, are spending quite a bit of time in the diversity within the Muslim constituency now and the organizations, the NGOs, non-governmental organizations that represent them is vast. Um, you know, there's a Center for Islam and Religious Freedom. There was, you know, there's my NGO, which is Muslims for Muslims, which works at intrafaith. Um, and so th- there's much more diversity. And I think it's much more of a maturized sort of end of, 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 a, um, of a model that is specific to the decentralized nature of Islam. And it is really cracked the stronghold that, that these, these organizations that have had a 50 year head start on, on anybody else have had in Washington. I mean, their influence yeah. is really dramatically dis, dis, has dramatically diminished. Yet, yet, I think that the biggest problem, like you know, the Republicans with the evangelicals, for example, the the the, the Democrats are have have traditionally pandered to and cultivated relationships with the Muslim Brotherhood or these Muslim Brotherhood organizations. And and they're gatekeepers. And I'll give you an example. There's there's a, a WhatsApp uh, there's a there's a WhatsApp um, um, text text chain you know uh, group that's just of these government workers that work in work for in these different agencies. So they were around in the Trump era, right? They're around in Bush, they're around in Obama, and they're around now. And and they coordinate all these activities, and they're all part of the Muslim Brotherhood people that have got appointed into this. And so they like me, I, I'm not a part of it. Right. I can't. I, they, they, you know, I, I, I was I was put on for literally 30 that, seconds. And then they said, what's you know, what is Yahya doing on here? And immediately three people said, get him off. We don't want him. To, and that was it. Now, when you say coordinate, what do you mean? They they they, they you know, they coordinate. Uh, they talk about political issues. They talk about the uh, policy issues and then they talk about what, how they will um, essentially coordinate activities. Um, yeah. But, but that's so, not, so like, that's not, like any, like, right, that's, that's not, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not unique to any other uh, no. American there's, affinity. There's group. feminists that do that for that work right. in agencies. There's, there's, you know, conservatives that do that work in agencies. So it's not sinister in this, yeah. in the sense, but right away they were like, this guy's not part of us, our, of our agenda. We need to do this. It's not about, diversity in conversation right um, um so and 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 bringing on of, of innovative ideas or even differing opinions to say look like you and i we differ all the time but the reason why we're buddies more or less is because you would come to me with something and say this is what we're working on and i'd say we can't support it as long as you, you have this this and this in it and if you were to die on these three hills i can't support it but let me tell you how to translate those into digestible pieces to my constituency so that we 
I will bring it to my my crew and they will take a look at it and then maybe they'll go along with it. But I could see maybe right now you got zero supporters. You probably could get 30% if you change these three things, you know? Right. And, yeah. and I think that, so the diversity, I would argue the diversity is much different than it was even 10 years ago with the sure. Muslim constituency. And there's much more specialized NGOs that are deal that, that pander to the different parts of the constituency, which yeah. is very healthy. I think that that's one. Two is I think that there's, there's, there's much more of a of a of a thoughtful engagement. There's millions, you know. There's, there's millions of conversations, for example, you know that that that's that. that and there's a, a very strong Muslim presence in that organization. Um, there's you know a, a, a Manal Omar who, who was who was a guest on on Crossing Face. You know, as a crossroads deals with you know issues to do with with um, women and gender and uh and self-discovery but it also deals with the broader sense of of a freedom of expression of all religions including islam but encouraging specifically you know muslim communities to express themselves i think that that that's an outcropping of political islam and being so stifled by all these organizations that defined what islam is interpreted religious text defined what islam is and then told you how to be a muslim and that's I'm talking specifically about the groups that represented that claim to represent Islam for those 50 years, you know, and uh, and so when it comes to you and your organization or your article, I think the idea that some of the touch points are very, very different, but you have a radicalized and, and element. You have Wahhabis within your midst and they are essentially defining what Christianity, interpreting religious text defining what a Christian is and then telling people how to be Christian. Right. And, and maybe one step further, even not, and then saying that everything else and all that equals to being equals to being an American. And therefore you're not, you're on the other side. You're an enemy of, if you're not doing this. Yeah. And at least that's how it seems from the outside. And that's exactly what we've been dealing with in most Islam since political Islam really got funded by, you know, big Saudi oil money. So, so, the, so, the, so, you know, I, and, and I think that that's really an interesting, interesting similarity about the struggle and the conversations that are happening right now within, within your constituency. I don't know. Is that a fair, I mean, is that, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think it's good for kind of folks in my orbit, uh, my, my Christian orbit to hear that that's your perception of things. Um, I would I would nuance it a little naturally. I, I think the core people who are uh, the hardest right wing folks that really agitate and, and organize the January six kinds of events um, are actually very much not churched. Uh, these are these are largely unchurched people, um, or they may be they, Christians in name but don't have a really meaningful. Um, what we would call membership, um, formal membership uh, in a local body. Uh, and so they're kind of a kind of, it's kind of a type of cultural Christian that has um, really synthesized this kind of this white nationalism stuff uh, together. And not everybody in white evangelical churches who voted for Trump was in that category. Um, but uh, when the church, a local church, doesn't speak to political issues, then your entire membership our political views are shaped by everything other than the church, right? And uh, again, if, if God cares about all the world and if scripture is sufficient for all of life, then uh, we're really setting Christians up 
Christian individuals up for for failure, and we're making us ourselves vulnerable to folks like on the the white nationalists and the hard right. And so, um, uh, if if the church isn't giving folks the lingo uh, and isn't sensitizing folks to the dangers of that right word, um, that right word irreligious. Uh, expressions, um, then people are going to get sucked into it. Um, we we see it pretty frequently. Does that make sense? The uh, yeah. um, well, that's what happened and, with uh, us for yeah. fifty years. We yeah. the only people that represented Islam was a small group of 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 a small group of entities, three or four entities, and they're still around now. But they, if you wanted to get involved in politics, you had to intern with them. You had to you had to, you had you know, and and if you were shouting as loud as you could, they would. You drown you out and say and either say come into the fold or yeah. we will destroy you right yeah. and you know this is these are all the groups that, that 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 have been washing for a long long time and so i think that and it's very similar to to what you're talking about now there's such diversity though and this has really only happened in the last 10 years in in and like i said the issues are there and there's a will and there's 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 a will and there's funding because people are which means that people are willing to donate and give and meaning time and effort and everything else to bring these organizations um, um, enough uh, uh, I, I would say enough enough money enough power enough enough um, hustle behind them to to actually give them a seat at the table um, or try to get a seat at the table. The problem is, is the political parties are pandering to what they know and who they're comfortable with, which means that sometimes the table, the tables are turned. I'll, I'll give you a great example. The Trump administration say what they want, but I brought the first group of Muslims into the White House that were representing the the, the four maktabs in 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 Islam that that are in, in, in adherence to the. Amman conference, the Amman message. So what's mainstream Islam on the Shia and Sunni side? Okay. So we had representation at the table of the Sunni and Shia, the four major, major sects at, so eight total. And it was the first time that it ever happened. And it wasn't so much that it was for the White House as much right. as it was for everybody sitting at the table and going, tell us, you know, and sitting and they, go, and, and they we all came out and they go, you know, this is the first time he's ever done this. Yeah. In, in a political in a political setting where everyone's yeah. been at the table and it didn't go anywhere because the White House never carried that they never carried the water any farther. But the point is, is that it was that moment in time was so important. Yeah, I know everybody asked what my role was, and I just said, "Well, oh, I don't represent Islam. I just bring people to the table. That's what I do." So, so I think that I think that there's an amazing. You're, there's a, you're at an amazing crossroads, at least to the community, the evangelical community in particular, to spend, to take some time to do some intra-faith. And there is an intra-faith component now at a level which I don't think has ever existed to really, I mean, you got to, you got to, is it Copeland? You got to go to all these people. You got to get these that there's some kind of, of engagement that's happening to really figure out what those political views are. Um, and then, and then catalyze that into something, even if it's extremists, like I always say, we just, everybody deserves a seat at the table. And, you know, even, even the, some of the, some of the worst actors, because you want to make sure you know who they are and what they're about. So. Sorry, Mike, can you hear me? My, my camera is being funky. I just figured Uh, you're, I'll I'll keep talking. 
You know, my uh, I got a phone call and it sometime somehow wrecked my uh, my my video feed. So let me uh, let me see if I can it's fix okay. this here. Sorry. So I just I think that that's the, an important way to kind of go about it. You know, I think I think that there's um, there's it, it's a, it's a and then the next article you need to write is you know you know what's the the first part in disciple discipleship in in the Christian church is is engage 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 and how do we do that? I think you just wanted to pan to Roll Top Productions because the Roll Top Productions is a name of your, is the uh, the namesake of your 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 desk. Okay, pardon the technical difficulties here. Okay, all right, you can hear me again still and uh, can see me. So yeah, so here here's my here we can wrap, wrap this up here. Uh, my caution to um, pastors and uh, I think this extends to you know clergy of any. Uh, religious um, religious body, uh, including uh, imams and and rabbis, is look um, political. You know, politics, candidate, political parties, and candidates. They hire people. They often hire people like me and John. Uh, not me specifically. I haven't actually done this, but uh, they they hire people with our kinds of expertise to uh, to court you and bring you along. Uh, into the fold to support either their candidacy or uh, their initiatives. Um, and sometimes you want to go along with that, and that's fine. Um, but you really need to know the tricks of the trade and understand that people are being paid and making money to cultivate uh, right. your support and interest. And what I want to underscore to you is, you know, and I say you as in um, an audience of, of clergy, who are you paying? Uh, or who do you have a relationship with who is advising you on how to engage uh, the political space? And my bet is most people don't have that kind of counsel, that kind of wise counsel who has the best interest of the clergy member and uh, and more specifically and more broadly the uh, their their local institution, whether that's a religious NGO or whether it's a house of worship. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think uh, it's it's it behooves clergy members from across. Uh, religions to develop their own uh, strategy for political witness and, and policy engagement. Um, because if you don't, uh, your people and your institution are going to be vulnerable to political parties who want to use you uh, to get to get their job done. In some cases, uh, you'll align with their interest, and that's fine. Uh, in other cases, uh, it's possible for you to be taken advantage of, uh, and certainly right. possible for your the members of your uh, body to be taken advantage of. So that's why I'm I encourage, particularly within the Christian space, but even others, uh, you know, develop, cultivate, do whatever you need to do to have a, a, a strategy for political witness that's unique to your faith and your particular local institution. There's a lot a lot more to talk about there, but uh, that's that's my soapbox. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's really important for, I mean, as two, two people, I mean, you represented your church, I represented my constituency from a perspective of bringing people to the table. And the, the problem is, is that if you, if whoever's representing you is defining who you are and pressing agenda items as a do this and you'll get this, that sort of thing, you got to be very suspect to that on on the surface and then even deeper of how far it's going to bring you down the rabbit hole into uh, supporting an agenda item or an individual or a candidate that is not uh, representative of your body. Right. So, um, and your agenda, I mean, it, 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 as people of faith, our agenda is eternal and forever. Right. So 
to use uh, to coin that to use the, the the sort of Christian idea behind of us as eternity and all of this. So here's the deal: is that we, we it, it, there's it's it's really important to to figure out who you're aligned with and having someone that's more like I mean you're right of center. Um, I'm probably right of center. And uh, although I'm, like I said, more, 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 I, 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 I might, it depends on which issue, but the fact is, is that it's very, very difficult when you bring people on board to represent your agenda and they are really trying to cultivate the entire constituency to support the candidate rather than focus on the constituency's issues. Right. Exactly. It's exactly yeah. right. Um, uh, political parties and candidates want clergy support for two reasons. Two reasons. Maybe you have more, but I have two cold reasons. Number one, moral authority. Uh, they want the moral authority that comes with uh, a clergy um, uh, supporting it. And then number two, they assume you have numbers, right? So there's it's a numeric right. game um, because you have a constituency yourself um, that that meets under the under your leadership uh, at least once a week, and uh, so right. that's why uh, politicians and cler- uh, why politicians care about uh, clergy, uh, moral authority, and headcount. Um, that's a cold well, way to put it, but that's the different. truth. And and you might and you might want to lend your moral uh, authority and moral credibility and your constituency to a particular cause, yeah. but you need to go into it with your eyes wide open and you need to be cautious about doing things that are unique. Uh, I think to your local house of worship and strategic, f- not for the sake of the issue uh, necessarily, yeah. but for st- the, the strategic, um, uh, I'd say long-term witness of, of your uh, community. So I'll, well, I'll, I'll let it rest there. Yeah, it's different with Muslims. When 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 a politician in, goes after Muslims and tries to get them, it's to show diversity that they care about diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To sure. show that they and to get the numbers. And the third yeah. thing is is very strange, like to show that 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 somehow that they're willing to. It's not a diversity thing. It sounds like it, but it's more to show, like you know, I know what I'm asserting. There's good Muslims, and I. I'm showing you that there's good Muslims and I don't know how to characterize that. Um, but it, it's one, it's like a, it's like sort of this sort of magnanimous sort of false concerning of the community, yeah. you know, uh, and, and it's not a genuine um, caring or, or want to engage the community to find out the issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Which is why the community struggles so much. Yeah. I'd still, I'd still say that that and the diversity point, I, I would still lump in as subcategories of the moral authority thing. Right? Yeah, so I mean, like no one cares about moral authority d- in America. Like, right, I, just I, mean, because, like I, I, I think that you know, you know like well, generally, they, they, that everyone's af- afraid to go down that road. Because, right, right. Yeah, know, well, but yeah, well, but for what for what for what I mean is that diversity is in in this environment in our current cultural era. Uh, diversity is a moral good, uh, particularly on the political left, right? Um, and often on the political right, frankly. Um, but if you can, uh, in that way, if Muslims are being, uh, you know, tapped or used, right, uh, to to facilitate the appearance of diversity or actual diversity, right, that in and of itself is a moral thing, right? Or it's a, you're, you're, you're lending moral credibility because someone can say, um, I, I affirm diversity and I'm, and see, this is what I'm doing over here. Not that that shouldn't be done. I'm just saying it's still, it's still something to be aware of. 
I had a conversation. We can end with this if you want. I had a conversation with a high level official at, at in, in the current administration and a high level official working for one of the, the, the leaders in Congress and uh, and basically said, we would love to have you, John, as you know, as as a as, as an appointee. But your but your name isn't ethnic enough and you're not dark enough. And that, to me, sums it all up. And I said, boy, you have a lot of respect for the Muslim community. You have a lot of respect for the Muslim community. You know, so at least he said it straight up. At least he said it straight up to you. You know, what's that? At least he said it straight up to you instead of ghosting you. The Obama administration said the same thing to me. I'm paraphrasing with the Obama administration, but the same thing. And And so, you know, it's, you know, that's the problem is that there's, there's an idea of what things should look like and be. And it doesn't matter how competent yeah. you are or, or that they talk, that they'll, they'll ping you all the time for opinions and, and for advice and guidance and access. But the problem is, is like, this is the idea is like, I, you're not, you're not the, the kind of Muslim that we would like to have in that situation because it's more about the superficialities. And that's what we're talking about here is someone that panders to the superficialities. So if they find somebody that has the name they like and is the color they want, um, then they will, they may not have the appropriate political acumen or, or background to execute an, an appro- agenda that's appropriate to the Muslim community, but also to, for the agenda political will at, you know, that, that, that dominates the debt. Um, so it, it's, it's very disturbing. So, uh, that was that was uh, I maybe that's a good point to end with. So that's a good point to end on. All right, we're we we are crossing phase uh, on YouTube and also anywhere you find your podcasts uh, and at crossingphase.com. John, see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, Bob. Thanks, Bob.